The Washington Commanders have been on a roller coaster ride in the 2023 NFL season, coming out of week three on a drop down. The question for week four is, will that drop continue or will the Washington Commanders be able to pull out of it to get to another high point? That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to this crossover Thursday episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider at joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. And from there, you can text me your questions, concerns, reactions during games. And I will be live texting you for press conferences, games, practices, the whole nine yards. Talk about really just about anything going on with the Washington Commanders with me, your host, David Harrison. Also on Twitter, at DHarrison82, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, part Sports Illustrated's fan nation. Here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers and everydayers. I greatly appreciate your continued support for the show. Today's crossover Thursday. So to get that started, let's bring in Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles and Locked On Commanders your first listen each and every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles, joined by the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast, David Harrison. We are previewing a one o'clock matchup on Sunday between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington Commanders, the three and O Eagles versus the two and one commanders. And David, um, thanks for joining the show, man. And it's going to be an yeah. interesting game. I feel like both teams are over 500. The Eagles undefeated Washington two and one, but it has been an up and down year for sure. I think the Eagles are still inconsistent trying to find their way back to who they were in 2022. And the commanders, I think some are, would be surprised they're two and one some convincing wins, but also last week, you know, a pretty convincing loss to to Buffalo as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been, it's been a really interesting season, you know, and, and something that I promised uh, locked on commanders, listeners and viewers was that, you know, I couldn't promise them whether this team was only going to win four games or whether this team was going to win 14 games. But what I could promise them is that it was going to be really entertaining. And, you know, the, I think the most entertaining TV shows, movies, they've got their highs, they've got their lows. And that's what keeps you kind of locked in to see what is going to happen because really anything uh, could happen. And that's, I mean, that's, that's what we've seen so far from the Washington commanders from two fourth quarter comebacks, uh, including coming, coming back from 21, three down on the road uh, in, a, in a highly contentious uh, place like, like Denver, Colorado to almost messing up that comeback by giving up a hail Mary at the end of the game. Uh, and then, you know, to uh, to a 16, nothing, you know, results against the Buffalo bills into the fourth quarter that ended up as a 37 to three blowout. I mean, it, you know, this yep. team is, already given NFL fans uh, and commanders fans pretty much everything they could give in a season. And it's only been three weeks, right? Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel that with the Eagles too. They're three and oh, but it's definitely been a roller coaster ride. You barely beat the new England Patriots after dominating them in the first quarter, Minnesota, you put up 34, but it still feels like there's still meat on the bones and kind of felt the same way against Tampa Bay. Although I will say, I think that was their most complete win of the year. So we got storylines for you guys in today's show matchups to watch keys to victory. We want to let you know as well, this crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by prize picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily 
fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use the code in all lower cases NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And yeah, David, I feel like you're right. You know, when you talk about the commanders, if you were to tell people, you know, without using context to the first three weeks, which you talked about has already been a roller coaster. If you told commanders fans that they were going to be two and one, considering the lower expectations, I'd say of this season, they probably take that, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, so I I did my regular season projections right before the regular season began. And, you know, I'm going to update them after every yeah. four weeks during the during the season or whatever. And when we when I did my lap, my first one, you know, I came out and said, look, two and two is par. Right. When you look at the schedule, Arizona Cardinals, Denver Broncos, Philadelphia Eagles, Buffalo Bills, two and two is par. Like, you, you know, you don't you don't ever fist pump a par. You know what I mean? But you also don't cry. Uh, a par. So coming out right. two and two would be par for the course. You've already got the two wins. So really at the end of week four, uh, you know, if you, if you end up two and two, you're not going to be happy about it, but you're also not going to be too upset about it. At least you shouldn't be uh, because of, of the depth of, of, of competition. You know, you've got two teams, the Arizona Cardinals and Denver Broncos that, I mean, let's face it, they could be top 10 draft picks. You know what I mean? They'd be picking in the top 10 of the NFL True. draft next year. Uh, and then you got the Buffalo Bills and Philadelphia Eagles who could be playing football on the last day of the football season this year. I mean, that is if, if you you can't get, you know, you almost can't get any further on the spectrum other than maybe having the Arizona Cardinals and Houston Texans, who the Houston Texans have proven to be a really hard out uh, as well. So, you know, it, it's it's something that is interesting in this year's schedule. But I think the, the good thing is as long as this team learns from whatever happens against Philadelphia Eagles, what already happened against Buffalo Bills. You got Chicago Bears, you got the New England Patriots, you've got some very winnable games coming up after these first four games. So where you expect to come into the middle part of the season with a winning record. Yeah, and I think for the Eagles, you know, wins are what's most important, especially early on in the season, racking these wins up because later on in the year, they've got Kansas City, San Francisco, Buffalo, two matchups against Dallas. The, the schedule definitely gets a lot more difficult. A Sunday night matchup with the Miami Dolphins. But I think at the same time, when you have Super Bowl expectations, I think it's not just, you know, like Jalen Hurts has been continuing to say like winning is all that matters to a certain degree. But when you're a championship contender, how you win also matters because how you beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or maybe the Washington commanders this week, it's not going to get the job done against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs again. So I think for the Eagles, again, they're still trying to find their way. They've definitely played some like the defense. The defensive line has been dominant for sure. So is the offensive line. Jalen Hurts has still made some elite throws and runs every single week, but Definitely dealing with more inconsistency than the beginning of last year. They're dealing with more injuries on defense, changing to the staff. They have a brand new offensive and defensive coordinator. A lot of new starters on both sides, too. This is what happens after a Super Bowl run. So I think it's par for the course. They're still trying to find their identity. I think the glass half full approach, David, would be, though, they're still getting wins in spite of all this. And I still think controlling the game all three weeks. So we'll see if that continues against the commanders. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for the commander side of things, it's going to be about controlling what they control, you know, and, yeah. and for the second straight week, uh, you're going up against a defense that is, that is in the bottom of the league when in terms of calling blitzes. Right. And that doesn't mean yep. they're in the bottom of the league of impacting quarterbacks. It just means they're they're not doing it with extra attackers uh, on a regular basis. And that just kind of shows you the strength of that Philadelphia Eagles defensive line, uh, you know, coming into the Buffalo Bills game. It, it was expected. They only blitzed Sam Howell five times in that entire game. But if you watch the game and you look at the stats, you would think they were blitzing on almost every single down. Uh, but, you know, that offensive line, the tight end helpers, the running back helpers, they didn't have, have a good game uh, against the Buffalo Bills. And, and we saw it against Tampa Bay on Monday night. And, and and fortunately for me, I also covered the Buccaneers. So I got to watch that thing in real time as well. Um, you know, if, if the offensive line can't do their job against a 
base package, where if you if we want to call it, we'll call it a base front, right? We'll just sure. call it a base front uh, from the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers here, and according to to, to Sports Info Solutions, you know, the, the Philadelphia Eagles run three down linemen 41% of the time, two down linemen 28% of the time, right? Yeah. So really what the Eagles are doing is they're putting a whole lot of trash out there in the middle field and, and the deep part of the field to make quarterbacks have to sift through it, and then they're waiting for their defensive linemen to get home before the quarterback can dissect it all. It's exactly what happened against Baker Mayfield, and the Buffalo Bills were able to do that exact same thing to Sam Howell in week three. So if the Eagles can do that again in week four, that's why you see the uptick in interception from Sam Howell because you have more trash to filter through in your opponent's secondary and middle part of the field, and you have less time to do it, and you're a young quarterback on top of it. That is a recipe for disaster against any opponent. Yeah, it's going to be one of the key matchups to watch for sure. One o'clock kickoff for the Eagles and Commanders this Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field down in Philadelphia. David and I, we're going to get into some more matchups coming up next right here on Crossover Thursday. Locked on Eagles and Locked on Commanders. Guys, today's show is sponsored by Harry's. No matter why you shave, Harry's has you covered for the best shave of your life at a price that you're going to love. From their legendary high-quality razors to skin products like exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotion, Harry's gives you a premium shave without the premium price tag get better quality and a better price than other razors when you get harry's delivered right to your door a smooth shave shouldn't have to be rough on your wallet the starter set is a 13 dollars value for just three dollars at harry's.com nfl it includes a five blade german engineered razor weight handles foaming shave gel and a travel cover scheduled delivery for refills as well as low as two dollars half of what you pay for other blades harry's makes these skincare products that will give you the best shave ever creams washes and lotions that'll keep your skin healthy and hydrated blades made in their own factory in germany sleek ergonomic weighted handles that look great in your bathroom and give you precise control with each swipe there's no reason not to try harry's they have the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry and they're still offering a no risk trial don't like your shave no worries it's on them get your best shave ever this summer and fall now with harry's razors and skincare products get a 13 dollars starter set for just three dollars again at harrys.com slash nfl it's harry's com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. This is Crossover Thursday right here on the Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Commanders podcast. I'm Louis DiBiase joined by David Harrison. We're going to dive into some matchups now for Eagles Commanders. One o'clock kickoff on Sunday down at the link. And, you know, David, you were already talking about a key one and it was the key for the Commanders in that loss against Buffalo. It was can their offensive line hold up against a good front? Can they protect Sam Howell? And the, the Bills didn't even really blitz that much, and they could not protect Howell. I think that's going to be a key. The Eagles this year, I think the defensive line has definitely been a strength. When you look at especially the interior, Jalen Carter has been the rookie of the year so far, and then some, maybe even a defensive player of the year candidate. Jordan Davis has been equally as impactful. Fletcher Cox looks like 2018 Fletcher all over again, um, but the edge rushers haven't even really gotten it going. So maybe this is a get right game against that commander's front. I think that's definitely gonna be the key. And if you look at last year's game, week three between the Eagles and commanders, that was the key when they sacked Carson Wentz. I think it was like nine times. Yeah, absolutely. Who? So the left end is Brandon Graham, right? That's the, yeah, left, so that's the left side defensive end. They've got Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham on the edge, Josh Sweat as well. Nolan Smith, their yeah. first round pick. They haven't been using a whole lot. So the main rotation is, you know, Reddick is kind of that linebacker edge hybrid and then Sweat and Graham rotate on that left side. Yeah, I mean, your your left end. I mean, that's 
yeah. if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, that's that's where honestly every every single rep, that's probably where my eyes would start. I know fans like to watch the football and, and you have the benefit of watching the football and that's amazing. But if you want to watch kind of the nuances of the game, I would probably yeah. start every rep, especially if you know it's a passing down. Uh, I, I would probably start every rep watching your left defensive end because Andrew Sweat's Wiley, having a good year on that uh, side too. David, has been, for sure. Yeah, and I love Joshua. I mean, I want yeah. I love Joshua coming out of college, but um, so super happy for for him as a human. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not happy for him going up against teams that I cover. Yeah. But yeah. you know, uh, Andrew Wiley has not been good. You know, Andrew Wiley was brought in from the Kansas City Chiefs. He knows Eric Bieniemy's system, scheme, language, all of that stuff, and it was widely considered to be this move that was you know almost like putting another coach in the locker room and in the offensive line meeting rooms to help that group uh, get up to speed. And and I would argue that that's probably a smart move, but in turn, you know, they also made him the starting right tackle and, and, you know, coming into it, we looked at the PFF grades and we watched some of the tape and, and all this other stuff. And there were a lot of concerns coming into it. And those concerns have only proven uh, to be accurate. But the surprising things from, to me, honestly, Louis, is that he's actually yeah. not even according to PFFs, you know, pressure, pressure, accountability stats, He's not even giving up the most pressures on that offensive line. It's actually center Nick Gates, uh, which mm-hmm. is a little bit of a surprise. But I also wonder if a little bit of that is because of the new relationship between he and Sadiq Charles, uh, the left guard, the right guard, Sam Cosme, much more experienced. He's actually giving up the fewest pressures uh, on the commander's offensive line right now. But Sadiq Charles is a new starter himself. So you got yeah. him. Uh, there have been a few issues from rep to rep uh, about the amount of aggression, you know, and, and you look at that, that safety that the Eagles have got against the Buccaneers on Monday night. And you look at how passive that rush, that run blocking was up front on that specific play, especially. I mean, you've got offensive linemen standing up, getting pushed back into their own end zone uh, against that Eagles defensive line. If you come passive against this Eagles defensive line, you're just yep. going to get pushed around all day. And I'm worried about Sadiq Charles. And if Sadiq Charles gets pushed around, Nick Gates has, you know, has to try to, to account for that. And then he's got his own struggles coming up too. You talk about a get right game, Louis. I'll drop this for you. Yeah. Uh, the Denver Broncos sacked Sam Howell three times. That's three of the four sacks that they've mm. got this season. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals have 11 total, and most of those sacks came against the Washington Commanders. The Buffalo Bills sacked Sam Howell nine times. They have 12 total for the entire season. So we're talking about teams that are ranked. Yep. The Bills and Cardinals are top five in teams in sacks this season, uh, and about 80 to 90% of those sacks came in one game against the Washington Commanders. So while the Philadelphia Eagles sit you know, 22nd right now in team sacks, which is surprising yep. by itself, but I think that just shows you what teams are doing against them to try to get the ball out quicker. Uh, this could be a get right game, but hopefully Sam Howell, and this is where the second part of that matchup comes in, is not just the offensive line, but Sam Howell also making timely decisions. He knows he needs to do that. Eric Bien has been talking to him about it. Ron Rivera has been talking to him about it. It's just a matter of getting out there and actually doing it. Yeah, I think that's exactly where other teams have had success against this Eagles team is when they don't give that front four time, because as you mentioned earlier in the show, the Eagles do not blitz a whole lot because they can win with these four guys that they have out there. Sometimes a five man front too. even Jordan Davis, who last year was the weak link as a pass rusher. He's been very good as a pass rusher this year, a top tier grade from PFF from a pass rush win standpoint. We all know about Jalen Carter too, and everybody else in this line from last year, but again, Mac Jones, I think when he had success, Kirk cousins, even Baker Mayfield, when there was any positives, it was when they got the ball out in that first read. And that's the thing. That is the key for Sam Howell is timely throws, especially over the middle. I think they're starting linebackers, Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham, who are in place for Nicobe Dean right now. They've had two mm. bounce back weeks for sure, especially in coverage. But that is definitely still the weak area to attack. I think that's how New England almost came back is utilizing those tight ends over the middle of the field. The Eagles pass defense definitely bounced back against Tampa Bay. You got James Bradbury back, but those linebackers are hurt. 
hurt, or I should say they're not great. And then your slot corner Avante Maddox is hurt. So maybe that middle of the field is the way the commanders can attack this football team. Because as you mentioned, if they give this Eagles front a couple seconds, they're probably going to hit home. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's something that I'm looking forward to is, is that middle of the field. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sam has had some good success there for the most part, you know, overall. And that's something that we saw them work on uh, a lot during training camp. But you also want to see uh, if the Washington Commanders can get Brian Robinson going. This is something I did, you know, uh, almost uh, an entire episode on, you know, just this week, Louis, is that is that Brian Robinson, uh, you know, he hit, he just eclipsed over a thousand yards rushing for his career last week. Uh, just just a little bit over a thousand yards right now. And while yes, this is the second season that he's played in. When you accumulate the games that he's played in, he did it in oh, less right. than yeah, a, the hurt. regular season's worth uh, yeah. of games. So what I did is I went through and I, I dissected all the running backs in the NFL who have collected a thousand yards or more in the last twenty regular season games because that's last season and and so far this season. And Brian Robinson's like top seven in yards per carry. He's top twenty uh, in some other yards. This is one of the better running backs in the National Football League. Yet. He got 20 snaps against the Buffalo Bills and he got 10 touches against the Buffalo Bills. And in those 10 touches, he averaged seven yards per touch coming into this game. That was something we talked about on Locked On Commanders is that the Buffalo Bills were susceptible to running teams and especially hard running teams uh, and inside zone specifically. And then that could open up the middle of the field for a quarterback sure. like Sam Howell. Instead of doing that, the Washington Commanders went completely one sided uh, with their offensive offensive game plan and. Uh, even when they brought in Antonio Gibson to to spell Brian Robinson and to get some, some other snaps, 31 of the times he was on the field out of 33 total times he was on the field, they called a pass play. Um, yeah. And you cannot do that against NFL defense coordinators. They're going to pick up on that really fast. And I think that is why we saw the Bills' organic pass rush be even more successful because sure. basically if you see 24 on the field, 10 years back, boys, it's pass. Well, and I think that's it takes the pressure off an offensive line, too, that's struggling in pass pro when you can get the ground game going. The issue is, David, the Eagles right now are the number one ranked defense against the run. They've given up the fewest rushing yeah. yards that is led by Jordan Davis in the middle. But Jalen Carter, like he's getting all this pass rush hype because the numbers. I mean, every day there's another amazing stat about Carter getting to the quarterback. But PFF has him ranked right now as the third best run defender too. even Milton Williams. Their fourth tackle in the rotation is ranked fifth. Fletcher Cox looks really good. So that is one area, though. Philly has been really good. I think that's kind of why the sack numbers have been a little bit lower is that Sean Desai's defense, unlike Jonathan Gannon's on early downs, it feels like they're playing the run and then reacting to the pass. Whereas with Gannon, it was the opposite. They were always anticipating pass and then reacting to run. So that might be even why the sack numbers are down a little more for the edge rushers. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an area, though, it's a strength of Philly. So it's going to be a tough battle for the commanders. And I think that's kind of the same thing with the Eagles offense, too. It's like that's a strength of their game. DeAndre Swift, 178 yards two weeks ago, 130 this past week. But Washington's front, pretty good. It's one of the strengths of the team. So that's a fun battle to watch, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, the Eagles giving up three yards per carry right now, which is, you know, fourth pass again, according to SIS. Uh, they've yep. given up no rushing touchdowns. Is that that's is correct. that accurate? Yeah. They've given yep. zero rushing touchdowns zero. this year. That's that's mm -hmm. impressive uh, for any defense. But, you know, I think that the key thing that if you're the Washington Commanders offense, what you got to look at is their stuff rate, right? They've got a 22.9% stuff rate, which is not terrible, but it's about middle of uh, middle of the pack, which means yeah. you can get a couple of yards here, a couple of yards there. And Brian Robinson can go downhill. If you bring in, say, a fullback like Alex Armo, or you put Chris Rodriguez Jr., the rookie running back, in as a fullback, he's a big dude. Uh, if you can get a couple of, you know, successful first down runs, you know, get four yards on them here or there. But even if you just get two or three yards here and there, 
uh, force the Eagles. I think that's what the Buccaneers tried to do. The problem with the Buccaneers game plan is uh, when it obviously was not working, they didn't yeah. go away from that game plan. And I think yeah. that's where Eric bien has got to just be aware, be smart and kind of say, okay, let's try the inside zone. Let's try the power. Let's try the edges. Okay. If it's not working then we got to figure something out, whether it's screens, whether it's bubble screens or receivers, you know, quick sprint outs to the tight ends. And, and that's kind of the, the, the interesting thing that I'm surprised we haven't seen more of, because we saw a lot of it during training camp is some of those super quick, you know, and we've seen the time and time again, Louis, especially, I mean, even in the college game, you also see it in, in the NFL, some of these quick hitters, just get the quarterback, you know, four for four for 14 yards. Like it's not a great stat line, but let's get the quarterback kind of in a rhythm, see some passes, leave the hand, quick decisions, get receptions. Uh, you know, it, it's not unlike a three-point shooter like Ray Allen. You know, he wants to go on the floor before a game and he wants to drain some buckets because it gives yeah. him that confidence. Do that with your quarterback early. This is Crossover Thursday, Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Commanders. Louis DiBiase alongside David Harrison. Keys to victory between the Eagles and Commanders coming up next. Guys, today's show is sponsored by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you got to do, select two or more players, pick more or less than their projected stats, and place your entry. I took the over or more for Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown on Monday Night Football against Tampa Bay. Big win there. Prize Picks, they offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. Like Taco Tuesday, each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks also now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Again, just pick two or more players, and then if they're going to pick more or less than their projected stats that week, do you think it's more for A.J. Brown again? Is this the Dallas Scotter game for the Eagles? Is this the game Brian Robinson shows up for the Washington Commanders? Head over to prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use that promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use the promo code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Wrapping up crossover Thursday right here on the Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Commanders podcast. Louis DiBiase alongside David Harrison. So, you know, David, I want to do I don't love doing like score predictions, you know, 31 to 20 Eagles over commanders. For me, Mm. I want to do it more this way. If you like if the Washington Commanders win, if they beat the Eagles on Sunday, it's because of what? Yeah, if if the Washington Commanders beat the Philadelphia Eagles, it's because they're going to ground their running game. Yeah. And that's interesting to say when you consider AJ Brown, Devonta Smith are on, are on this team. But I'm fairly, I'm, I'm fairly confident. You know, they got their butts kicked the first time this matchup happened last year. You know what I mean? But I really think they learned a lot from that, uh, and I think that showed a little bit in the second matchup, the Monday sure. night upset that they they pulled off there in Philly. Um, so I think those lessons will carry over to this season. All of those players are back, and then you got hopefully again Emmanuel Forbes uh, and second round pick Quan Martin. You know, potentially making an impact. Uh, there as well. So as long as they continue to kind of learn from those lessons, I think that you can have some success there. You know, if you if you we talked about rushing averages and all that stuff as a defense, you look at the Washington Commanders uh, rushing average allowed. They're not very good in the NFL right now, but I also think a little bit of that. This is where stats meet film, right, is, is a little bit skewed because Josh Allen had some huge runs uh, last week that really upped that average. James Cook, uh, 50 of his 98 yards came on the final Bills drive of the game, and they came on three 
runs. You know what I mean? So when you take yep. those three runs out, which at that time, I, I think, honestly, I think, I, I think Louis, everybody was just ready for the buses to get warmed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, don't like it. If you take those out, which, you know, they happen, so you don't take them out. But if you take them out from a contextual standpoint, James Cook had less than 50 yards rushing on, on about 12, 13 carries, which isn't a terrible day by any means, but it's also not a great day. You know what I mean? So if they can contain uh, uh, the the rushing game, they did it last, last year in Philly. They kept Jalen Hurts from really hurting them with his legs. If they can do that, force him to pass. This isn't a force him to pass like he's Justin Fields. He's still Jalen Hurts. He's still a good quarterback. But you would rather Jalen Hurts have to kill you with his arm than be able to kill you with his legs. Because if he can do both, yeah. uh, then you're in a really bad way. So I think that's going to be the key on the defensive side of the ball is making sure Jalen Hurts has to throw the ball and not letting DeAndre Swift continue this amazing run that is making the Detroit Lions probably pull their hair out right now. I think for the Eagles, it's if they can kind of do what they did the first game against Washington last year, as you mentioned, the commanders definitely learned from that first game, upset the Eagles and that perfect season at the link on Monday Night Football. Uh, But I think you look at the first game, what happened, they totally controlled the line of scrimmage and it's obvious and cheesy to say, but if this defensive line can sack Sam Howell, they, they need the sack numbers need to get there. They need to hit home because if they if Washington can buy a little bit of time, not that the Eagles secondary is a weak link anymore. Darius Slay and James Bradbury, they pretty much locked down Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but they are mm. still susceptible. I think over the middle of the field with those linebackers, the slot game, because Maddox is out, Bradbury's been playing in and out there when he's inside Josh Jobs on the outside. He had a pretty brutal game against the Buccaneers. He was the one weak link in coverage. To me, this defensive line has to hit home like the Buffalo Bills did because Washington, again, they have, I've been saying it for years, they have a lot of the pieces on both sides of the ball to compete. They just need like adequate quarterback play. I mean, that's a great trio of receivers, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel. You don't want to be able to have those guys be able to get downfield. And so I think that's the key again is for the Eagles is they need more from these edge rushers. The defensive tackles have been there. Josh Sweat's been great on the edge, but need more from especially Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick on Sunday. Yeah. And, and obviously from the commander standpoint, you know what I mean? What the offense does or doesn't do is going to, is going to be a big part of this yeah. uh, as well. But I wanted to talk defense a little bit. The defense is not getting a lot of attention these days because of what's happening on the offensive side of the sure, ball. Sure. But yeah, man. I mean, you know, if, if, again, if we have a repeat of what happened against the Buffalo bills, uh, you know, and Sam Howell is, is, is just not comfortable, not confident in what he's doing in the game. Then, then uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are probably going to come away with this. But I think, you know, the key thing there that, and you just mentioned, right. We've been saying for years here on the Washington beat, if the commanders can get average or better quarterback play, this is yeah. a highly competitive team. You know, we talked to Ron Rivera Monday after the loss of the Buffalo Bills, and he said, like, this is a good team. This is a good, this is a talented roster, and they're going to get it there. They're going to get it figured out. Whether or not they're going to get it figured out for week four, that's the question this week. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'll say, I mean, and I've already said it, I've got I've got a YouTube short out there and an Instagram reel out there. I, I said it following the Buffalo Bills game. This commander's team can beat the Philadelphia Eagles because they've done it. And doesn't mean they're going to do it. Doesn't mean it's easy. Right. When they even when they did, it wasn't easy. But does this team have the talent to do it? Absolutely. And that's the beautiful thing about the National Football League. The Arizona Cardinals can beat the Dallas Cowboys. The Washington Bears can beat the Philadelphia Eagles. It's not about can you do it? It's about will you do it? And yeah, some some very important things coming up for the commanders to have to do uh, in order to to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I started using this like golf analogy, which is weird because I'm not even a golfer. But I (laughs) kind of look at it as the Philadelphia Eagles come into this thing. I would probably say three strokes up, right? Like this, if you're looking at this as like a final hole matchup, they're they're three strokes up 
when you just stack up the teams against each other right now this season. So the Washington Commanders have to find a way to recoup those three strokes and even gain one to come away with a win in this game. That's going to be the key. And it starts with containing the run, both from DeAndre Swift and Jalen Hurts, keeping a lid on the on the receivers. Those are, That's two strokes. And then offensively, you've got to take advantage of the fact that this team does not blitz. Give your quarterback time. There's your three strokes. If you can find something else there, maybe get some explosives, maybe get some takeaways, there's your fourth stroke. That's how you win this game. For the Philadelphia Eagles, though, you're three strokes up. You know what right. I mean? So you just got to make sure you don't come in and yeah. give uh, the commanders too many, too many advantages. It's so that's how I felt about every yeah. game so far, David, is it's yeah. I think they're up and it's if they lose, it's it's more not to say the Eagles are just the best team of all time. But a lot of the times it feels like it's the mental mistakes and the penalties, drop balls, bad play calling that they're doing. That's allowing some of these, you know, teams that are good, but not great to stay in these football games. So I think that's for the Eagles. Just stay out of their own way on Sunday. One o'clock kickoff at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. Eagles commanders. That's going to do it, though, for today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Commanders podcast right here on Crossover Thursday. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every single day. For David Harrison, I'm Louis DiBiase signing off. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody, and enjoy the game on Sunday. Hey, everyone. So that is the end of this uh, Crossover Thursday episode of Locked on Commanders. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, what Louie brought to it. I, it was a lot of fun to record with Louie, so hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Again, Locked on Eagles, uh, if you want to hear the rest of the, the trash that they're talking over there ahead of this game, you can. Um, but I did want to come through here before we left and let you all know that this is going to be the last Locked on Commanders episode for uh, at least a little while, maybe about a week. I will not be going to uh, Philadelphia, unfortunately. Uh, right, as, Actually, right as I was sitting down to put together these recordings uh, to upload for you all, on YouTube and audio, I found out that my father passed away. So I will be heading to Colorado on Friday to help my stepmother uh, with everything that comes with that. I will not be going to Philadelphia on Sunday, uh, obviously because of that, hoping to uh, be able to resolve everything and be back in time for Thursday night football against the Chicago Bears. But um, this will be the last episode until I can uh, get back from that. So I appreciate your patience and I uh, look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Take care. 